0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Justin Pratt Show, where literally nothing is off-limits. I could be discussing cars, movies, music, games, and yes, even the occasional foray into politics. Mm. So, join me as I stare into the abyss that is today's society and laugh at all the stupid going on. Now, today... This is my very first podcast episode. I have no, no idea what I'm doing. I drew up several different plans, several different structures, several different storylines. And to be honest, I wasn't quite happy with any of them. Never really been much of a planner anyway. I've always gone with more reactive. Any given situation, I could come up with something on the spot. Another person for it might be uh, quick-witted. Able to come up with something right away in any given situation. Reflective thinking I'm capable of, but not very much. I tend to get bored easily. I know I haven't been tested for adult ADD, although considering I'm sitting here recording this and I'm already thinking about three or four other things I could do, (laughs) I should probably go ahead and schedule an appointment. Anyway, today we are going to be discussing anything and everything that hits my mind. And if y'all are wondering, who the heck am I? Why should you listen to this podcast? Well, to be quite honest, I'm actually planning on covering that a little bit later on. I know people are going to have questions. I know people are going to be asking, who the hell are you? Well, I'll be answering those soon enough. But as of right now, let's find some discussion topics. And yes, this is a one-man show, so I am covering everything if I do eventually incorporate transitions or other visual aids or anything like that, yeah, they might end up being added. I may have one or two more people come in later on, but for right now, this is a one-man show, so can't expect much out of this. Let's see. Oh yeah, Dave Chappelle. I've been tracking that. His latest special, The Closer. I haven't actually seen it because I refuse to give Netflix my money. But, once again, like his last special, critics, who literally get paid just to criticize, is completely stupid, critics hated it, and so it got a low, 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 low Rotten Tomatoes score. But once it was opened up to the audience, that score was pretty much maxed. That tells you exactly how out of touch the modern-day elites are, or the critics are, or anything like that. Well... I heard he had a bit in there about um, transgenders because the news stories following after that special was released had a lot of these talking about transphobia, talking about all this weird crap. The thing is, he actually supports he had a he had a good friend. he even describes his good friend in the story or in his um, bit. I think her I think um, her name was Phoebe. A transgender friend that, uh, I don't really know the specifics of the details, I'm not going to pretend to know the specifics or the details, but ended up committing suicide. I guess because of harassment, bullying, depression, whatever it was, Dave Chappelle and her were very, very good friends. And, well, people seemed to completely skip over that part, only paying attention to his comments. His jokes. <sighs> Some of those posts that I read on Facebook and Twitter, and Twitter's a cesspool if you're not careful. A lot of them were, they were only focusing on his his uh, transgender comments, his jokes, and slamming him. And again, for people who say that cancel culture doesn't exist, I hate to tell you this, but yes, it does. Because what is one of the first things that all the... Up and arm activists were wanting to do. They didn't ask. They ordered Netflix, demanded Netflix to take it down. Why? Didn't Netflix fight tooth and nail to keep that one movie, Cuties, on? Which was essentially softcore child pornography. Let, let's face it. And I, didn't they end up keeping it up and all they did was take the uh, change the description or something? Ugh. In any case, at first, the Netflix CEO comes out and says, oh, we're not going to take this down. Jokes should be jokes. People should be able to laugh. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. You know, all those other idioms. And then I heard less than a week later that he turns around and he backed down. And started reconsidering something. As far as I know, the show is still up. You can still watch it on Netflix. And I heard Dave Chappelle took home a lot of bank about that. Well, politics aside, I'm going to tell you right now. You need to be able to joke about stuff. You need to be able to tell jokes. You need to be able to laugh. I mean, comedians rip on each other all the time you got to be able to laugh at yourself. you got to be able to laugh at the world. Yes, everyone understands that some of these situations are serious situations. Yes, I get that. But what good is it going to do if everyone's always depressed or up in arms over something? You know, it doesn't hurt to have a good laugh. It really doesn't. To be quite honest, Robin Williams will be freaking ashamed of us right now. God rest his soul. I miss Robin Williams. Big time. Best role for him? Genie from Aladdin. Anytime I think of Robin Williams, it's either that or Flubber. Anyway, I digress. But Dave Chappelle, leave him the fuck alone. Seriously. Leave him alone. So he told a joke you don't like. Big freaking whoop. I mean, you people act like there's not a single sensitive quote-unquote sensitive subject that anyone could ever talk about ever can't make jokes about that can't make fun about that it's ridiculous it really really is i mean south park did a whole bit on it like one or two maybe even three seasons what was that principal pc or something some crap like that ugh ridiculous Comedians should be able to poke fun at nearly anything. Some of the best comedians that I know of are the ones that crack on everything. Everything. You have to be able to laugh. You can appreciate and understand the seriousness of something in real life, but you still have to be able to laugh about it. So, all this anger and hatred over Dave Chappelle, I don't get it. I mean, don't any of you people have anything else better to do than to sit there and just watch for the latest outrage, latest thing to get ticked off about? It's stupid. Forget that crap. Yeah. So, message of the day in that regard. Leave comedians alone. Let's see, what is this? Silk Sonic's video for new song, Smoking Out the Window. No, thank you. I'll skip ahead of that. Oh, yeah. There was that um thing with William Shatner. I think it was a movie or show called Rust. Yeah, he ended up killing somebody. Apparently, there was a real bullet in a gun. Supposed to be using blanks. Now, do I honestly think that William Shatner intended to kill anybody with that? No. Is it tragic? Yes. Should they have been using real gun real guns on set? No. I mean, I sure I know there's probably some level of authenticity that people have to add to the shows, otherwise people aren't going to believe it's real. But I mean, there's so many movies with guns in them nowadays. They have to at least Even if they don't fire real bullets or even fire blanks or anything, they still have to mechanically look the same, operate the same. I don't know. Some of those montages about people or watching people put together the guns and loading them up and, you know, drawing the slide back and all that stuff. I kind of like those montages. So, why real guns were being used on sets to begin with, I don't know. Because you can get a gun that mechanically looks... Similar, but doesn't fire anything. And I mentioned that all because do I really think William Shatner meant to kill anyone? No. It was an absolute travesty. But of course, I can understand the family's pain and anger for the. I think it was two people that were shot, and maybe one of them died. I think both of them died. I don't know. I'm out of touch. Anyway, I can understand the grief, I can understand the pain. But in the end, someone's always looking for someone to blame. Someone to drop the hammer. I don't on, Honestly, it may not even come to this, but don't be surprised there's some kind of financial payout. A lot of these big Hollywood types like to cover things up and hush things up with money. And all that Dwayne Johnson will no longer use real firearms in his productions. Okay. I think that's kind of news breaking? Do I think that's a headline worthy thing? No. I really don't. The real question you gotta ask yourselves is why the hell were they using fake guns or using real guns to begin with? Absolutely insane. 17 weird first roles from the biggest actors in Hollywood. Oh. I wanna get a kick out of this. Let's see. Brian Cranston, known best from uh, Breaking Bad. Actually, to be quite honest, I didn't know him from Breaking Bad to begin with. I knew him from Malcolm in the Middle. Come on, people, remember your childhoods. Anyway, apparently he was in a 1950s sci-fi B-movie where he played a paramedic. The movie was called Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh, it was a spoof of the 1950s sci-fi. It was made in 1987. And, yeah. Yeah, that looks like him. It also looks like he's opposite the guy who played the doctor in Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, I just noticed he was in quite a few movies, too. It's amazing how you can watch a recent movie now, a new movie now, and come to love the character inside of it or even like the actor. And then you go back and watch something classic because you're feeling nostalgic. And it turns out like, holy crap, I recognize them. I didn't know they were in this. Happens to me all the damn time. It really does. Like, I binge watch shows just like everyone else. I was watching Star Trek Voyager on Hulu. Because of work and family responsibilities, it took me like two weeks to finish the damn thing. But I actually got to like the Doctor. The actor that played the Doctor on there. And I turned right around and we were having a... Nostalgic monster movie thing, and I thought it'd be great to introduce the kids to Gremlins We watched the first Gremlins and it was every bit as cheesy and corny as you think it could possibly be for a 1980s Horror movie, but it was still amazing. I love that. And then we watched the second one and For those of you familiar with the movie the person who's in charge of the command and control center for the building in there without giving out too many spoilers was the doctor from Star Trek Voyager, one of his starting roles. I mean the dude even had hair. <laughs> so yeah, I do it all the time. I'm sure you do it all the time. Watch a new movie, come to like an actor or a character in it, watch something much older from your childhood or as a teenager, young adult, and you see the exact same actor, and it's just like <clears throat> Anyway, moving on. Tom Hanks was in a movie called Mazes and Monsters, which basically sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Jumanji. If Jumanji was all in Robin Williams' head and he ends up losing control of his life. Huh, 26 years old Tom Hanks. Sometimes it's easy to forget how old some of these people are. Let's see. Ben Affleck. Oh. He was in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, known as Basketball Player Number 10. And apparently he recorded his one line, his one line in the whole damn movie. Apparently he read that line so bad, they had to dub over him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, this uh, this is definitely weird. Definitely, definitely weird. Look at this, Ron Perlman. Ooh, um, sorry for me to get my nerd on, but I just remembered, Ron Perlman was actually in the Star Trek movie Nemesis. He was the Riemann, working alongside Tom Brady, not Tom Brady, Tom some Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, yes. He was playing opposite Tom Hardy. He was the Reeman, you know, the psychic or whatnot. I don't know what it is about his face, but even underneath all those prosthetics and all that makeup, I knew right away it was Ron Perlman. All right, let's see. Beauty and the Beast TV show. Yeah, I mean, even if I didn't already know this was Ron Perlman, just looking at his face, I could tell you, yeah, that's probably Ron Perlman. And his face is just so damn long i mean i got a big ass head but i mean his face just i don't know looks like it was stretched or something but yeah even i could look at that picture and see that that's ron perlman i don't know what it is about him and it looks like he was playing it opposite of the chick from the terminator movies can never remember her name but anyway that was back in 1987 let's keep going And who the hell is Nick Offerman? Yeah, I have no idea who Nick Offerman is. But apparently, he was in a couple of episodes of Gilmore Girls. I know all of you are probably going to smack me or turn this podcast off right now. Because I don't know who Nick Offerman is. So, we're going to skip that one. Let's see. Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. However you pronounce his name. City Slickers. 1991. He plays Billy Crystal's son. Let's see, Jake Gyllenhaal. There's some of his stuff that I haven't seen yet. Most notably, he was in that, um, the last Spider-Man movie. He played Mysterio. And not to say it was bad, but, I mean, I did like towards the end where the bad guy got revenge and revealed to everyone who Spider-Man was. I don't know. Sometimes, most of the time you want to root for the good guy, Sometimes in the end, you know, you just got to show a certain level of respect to the bad guys. In this case, Mysterio got the last laugh. I liked it. Let's see. Lying to his class about his father's day job. Huh. He says he remembers it fondly. That was back in 1991. What else we got here? Uh, let's skip him. Jessica Alba. Okay. The Secret World of Alex Mack, 1994. Very first episode, Jessica Alba appeared. Huh. Jessica Alba appears on the very first episode of Alex Mack as Alex's upperclassman. Rival. It was like she was born to play the role. Not gonna lie, I know who Jessica Alba is. Don't know what that movie is. So... Bump that. Oh, Ellen Pompeo. I remember her. Like, see, I don't remember her from this show. Uh, Strangers with Candy. Yeah, I don't remember her. I remember her from uh, Grey's Anatomy. But apparently here, she was in Comedy Central back in 99. As a debate team member, Lizzie, she plays Jerry's nemesis in season one. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, but the only thing that I really remember about Grey's Anatomy right now is the fact that she was actually dumb enough to come outright and get political and said that she would greatly appreciate it if Trump supporters would not watch her show. She doesn't want them watching. Yeah, which is kind of like, it's kind of a smart move, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you're going to get people who are saying, okay, your show's crap anyway, I'm not going to watch it, in which case you're giving her exactly what she wants. And the other side, you're going to get the ones where I don't like being told what to do. I'm going to watch it just because you said not to. In which case, her ratings go up and they keep the show going. So, it's a pretty smart move on her part. Even though they honestly should just stick to acting. They want to get into the world of politics? Fine. But don't act like it's going to stay separate. You try to, If you dip your hand into any other field, that is going to come back into whatever field you're currently in. Especially if you haven't exited it yet. So, now it's connected. Now I cannot see Ellen Pompeo without remembering that comment. Which is just insanely stupid. Because the show's not even that damn good. It went, a first few few seasons, you know, even I could tolerate watching it. And then it became all about the drama. And I'm not a drama fan. Nope. I watch shows like House. I watch shows like... The Mentalist or Lie to Me. And sure, those shows and whatnot have drama in them, but I mean, there's crap you can learn from them. In House, the guy was practically a walking encyclopedia and psychoanalyzer of everyone around him except himself, of course. In The Mentalist, there's a guy who used actual real-life mentalism tricks to figure out who's who and solve these things, and he loved messing with people's minds. I love that stuff. And then in lie to me, you had a guy who was a walking, talking, human lie detector. You know, all actual factual things that you could learn and use in real life. I mean, what am I going to learn about this person sleeping with this person, but slept with that person, person got pregnant, and now you got a three-way triangle, but this person was wanting to get married to this person, but has attraction to this person. And it's just like, Enough! But apparently it's been enough to keep the show on the air for 16 seasons. So, you know what? Whatever. We have Amy Adams. Amy Adams, Amy Adams. Who the hell is Amy Adams? I can't remember Amy Adams. In any case, her, one of her very first roles was Nicholas Brendan's girlfriend in a comedy spoof of 1960s surfer movies, Psycho Beach Party. Looks like it was shot in the 60s. And was made in the 2000s. I guess the director was one to go for authenticity or something. She would join Brendan again the same year on Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Tara's sister. Now, is that the show or the movie? Because my wife is currently binge-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Which, by the way, Sarah Michelle Gellar in that movie won. Badass bitch. I love strong, independent women. It's just, it's a big thing. For me. Let's see, anything else in here? (laughs) Lawrence Fishburne was in Pee-wee's Playhouse, 1986. Spangly Cowboy Getup and Long Curls. Yeah, yeah, see, for me, I remember him from The Color Purple. So I actually sat there and watched that movie. Really, really good movie, by the way. And then, honestly, I can't look at Lawrence Fishburne without seeing The Matrix. I mean, that's what did it for me. But he was in P. Wee's Playhouse, Spangly Cowboy Getup, and Long Curls. That's, hey, well, whatever pays the bills in the early on. This is back in 1986. I have no clue who Charlie Day is, so let's skip that one. Kristen Stewart, yes. The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. I remember this. I also remember Kristen Stewart as being the one actress who can make millions of dollars and have exactly one facial expression. (laughs) Her first role as Ring Toss Girl doesn't even show her face, but apparently she gets credited. The implication of this scene is that human subspecies like Homo erectus and Denos... Deni, Deni, I'll Someone comment how to pronounce that Are subjugated by the dominant homo, homo sapiens Yep, that's pretty much how it works Once the next evolution in a chain Takes effect, then usually the other ones Fall into obscurity Jennifer Aniston was in Leprechaun? 1993 Now that is a corny ass Horror movie. But it's <laughs> so freaking good. So freaking good. Aniston really thought she made it as Tori Redding and Leprechaun with Willow Star Warwick Davis. Rewatching, however, Aniston says is cringe worthy. Now I was talking about the finding crap to be outraged over, ticked off about. Well, if any case anyone hadn't noticed, you you notice the red beard? My biological father's last name is Kilgareth. Kilgareth. heavy Irish. I got a lot of Irish descendancy in my family. Now, when Leprechaun came out, I watched it for what it was. A horror movie. Am I going to sit here and hop on social media and get all ticked off they should pull every copy of Leprechaun because it badly depicts uh Things and mystical creatures from Irish folklore or some crap like that. No! I don't care. Because whenever I watch a movie, the first crap that goes to my mind is not politics. My first comment is the cheesy storyline and the horribly applied prosthetics. Although looking back remembering now, they didn't really do too bad a job with the leprechaun. They even managed to make a second and a third one, I think a fourth one. I do know I liked it, as corny and cheesy as it was. I thought it was pretty good. But Jennifer Aniston and Leprechaun in 93. Apparently they didn't bring her back. I don't think they brought her back. Ryan Gosling appears in a kid's show with Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, that would have been awesome. Back in 1995, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Gosling was in the Mickey Mouse Club with Justin Timberlake prior, but then again, which childhood actor wasn't, you know? Okay, and number one, Paul Rudd, Mr. Ant-Man himself. Let's see, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, 1995. Hmm. Now, someone remind me, how far in the movie franchise is The Curse of Michael Myers? Because I know the original came out very early on, and... He had the subsequent sequels afterwards. And I know it's just... After the second or third one, it just got kind of stupid. I know um, they're trying to bring it back as a continuation. In fact, I just watched the most recent one. And Halloween Kills, I think, just left theaters. It's supposed to be the conclusion. The climax. We'll we'll find out. And by the way, we don't talk about Rob Zombie's versions. They don't exist. It's like Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 with Tobey Maguire. We don't talk about them. Anyway. Paul Rudd is as immortal as Michael Myers, apparently, because it just looks like the bitch does not age. <laughs> Although Clueless was released first, Halloween was Rudd's film debut. <laughs> he went on to call the movie just a piece of shit. Well, it's amazing after you've already gotten paid how much smack you can talk about these things, but in the beginning, I'm sure he was happy to take that paycheck, wasn't he? call the movie just <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Jesus Christ oh all right what do we got going on here Ooh, here's one Resident Evil welcome to Raccoon City apparently there's a new trailer out for that let's check that trailer out I'm gonna pull this up you all bear with me real quick for those of you that are watching well Enjoy the trailer. I'm going to be watching it for the first time. For those of you who are listening, well, make sure to check out my YouTube channel. Get a look at this. Or look it up yourself. What do you want? Let's see. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Official trailer in theaters November 4th. Let's check this out. No, I don't want to do the survey. None of the above. Submit answer. Pause it. Full screen it All right now if you guys don't mind I'm gonna mute the mic so it doesn't pick up anything from my soundbar, so Let's see Let's watch this new trailer Every story has a beginning Discover the origin of evil. Why are you back here, Claire? Your conspiracies weren't true when we were kids. They're not true now. We need to expose Umbrella. Watch this. I'm afraid, Claire. I'm afraid of what they're gonna do to this town. You see, Umbrella, they had an incident. I'm talking Chernobyl, if you know what I mean. People are getting sick. Let the world know what's really going on. 25 years, I'm a lobbyist still. We have to contain this. Trying to get up that great big healer of hope. Shall we go? For a destination. Into a crisis of times when I'm lying in bed. Just do your head. What were Umbrella doing here? This is where they're experimenting on him. We should split up. Uh, Yeah, just to add one quick thing there. When they say split up and it's a horror movie or a bad situation, never split up. It's like um, rule number one. I think it's from Scream, yeah. No, don't ever split up. Down. Okay, not going to lie. I actually am looking forward to that. And the way they redesigned the liquors and the dogs, the animation on the dog was freaking amazing. It's it's awesome what they can do with computers nowadays. But yes, that is, I'm bought. I'll watch it. Just to see Clara Redfield kick some ass. It's gonna work for me. (laughs) All right, let's see. Let's minimize that, get that out of here. So yes, that is definitely something, in my opinion, worth watching. That's gonna sound really awesome. I remember playing the original Resident Evil. Resident Evil 1 or 2. I had my best friend over at my house. We lived in the same neighborhood. Grew up together. And we had spent all day. It was a Saturday. We spent all day playing Resident Evil without a memory card. On the original PlayStation. And we had we had a goal. We were going to have, between the two of us, had that game beaten by Nightfall. Which we were getting pretty damn far. We were doing good. But then... My little brother walks in during one of the fighting scenes. Gets absolutely scared, like almost pee-in-his-pants type scared. I mean, he was crying and screaming. He ran out. My friend and I had a good laugh. I mean, come on. We were kids. But then a few minutes later, my dad walks in and turns the system off. By now, we had already played almost seven or eight hours. It was both a new game to us, so that's why it took so long. I'm sure someone out there, some speedrunner, is going to say, oh, I managed to beat that game in four hours. You know what? We were eight. Now, that really ticked me off to no end. But again, I was eight years old, so what the hell was I going to do? Anyway, I've been keeping up with all the Resident Evil since. I haven't played Resident Evil Village yet. But from everything I've seen on Twitch and all the reviews that I've seen, pretty damn good game. I haven't played it yet. I've already got a hard drive and a half full of games that I haven't even beaten yet. But anyway, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Definitely something we should look into watching. I think it's going to be awesome. Now, let's see. What else we got going on here? Come on. I really don't. I really don't want to get into anything political. Do not. Why is everything political? I don't want to hop into political stuff. Come on, come on. Something not political. A pro gamer who has owned the social media handle Squid Game for a decade says she is losing jobs because of the Netflix show. It reminds me, I've seen a lot of posts and whatnot about Squid Game. What the hell is Squid Game? I have no idea what Squid Game is. Netflix show. You know what? I'm going to look that up. What the hell is Squid Game? I want to look this up because from what I've seen, even the little bit that I have seen, the Squid Game is supposed to be, like, very graphic, very, very, very bad. South Korean survival drama television series on Netflix created by Hwang Dong-hyuk, who wrote and directed all nine episodes. Okay. All right, I'm gonna have to give it a watch. But apparently, at least according to this, a pro gamer who uses the handle at Squid Game keeps on losing work because it keeps getting associated with the Netflix show. And apparently, I'm guessing the Netflix show is not super popular. Oh, it says here she lost two potential jobs. As a result of her seeming association with this... Oh, Smash Hit. Okay, so it's not it's not a bad show, i guessing. It's got lots of ratings. And she says, quote, Looks like I might have to change my handle after all. I've lost two amazing presenting opportunities because people don't want to hire me with my Squid Game handle. This is really getting me down now. Hmm. Well, she might have to change her handle. I don't think there's any kind of licensing thing to that either. Is there? You just happen to have some random handle and one day uh, hit product or a TV show or a band or a song or something comes out and ends up becoming super popular and just happens to have the exact same or extremely silly I can't talk today. Extremely similar words and phrases as your handle you've already had for years. And now there's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That would be a pain in the ass. I mean, it's just like names. Names are a dime a dozen. Whenever I was searching for names um, for this show, I turned around and... Just typed in my name in Spotify. No, I'm not one of those narcissistic super types. I just wanted to see if someone else ha- was using the name in the show or whatnot. Turns out, no. But I did find seven Justin Pratt profiles on Spotify. So, it is what it is. So, Squid Game. If Squid Game is playing on Netflix, I'm never going to watch it. Because, like I said earlier, I refuse to give Netflix any money. But... F Netflix. Sorry. And last but not least, we have Chris Pratt loses the internet again. Uh, No. Okay, first and foremost, I'm going to be quite honest. I actually like Chris Pratt. I think he's a really nice, wholesome guy. He really is. I mean, I haven't seen or heard anything about him actually saying anything controversial. Just. He's a nice guy But apparently he now Has now been officially dubbed the worst Chris Why now We liked him better Oh by the way Just so I don't get copyrighted or anything This is from Pajiba And the article is by Jin I'm gonna butcher this name Maravigius This was posted yesterday Let's see well, I can already tell this is a nice person. We liked him better before he started blathering on about all of his bland, white guy, perfect religious life on the Internet. This guy apparently loves, what, well, Jim, So probably a chick. But in today's day and age, who knows? Um, we do know this chick loves her commas. That much is true. Now, what exactly did he say that is now getting them in hot water? Okay, looks like an Instagram post. Okay, this is from his Instagram. Guys, for real, look how she's looking at me. I mean, find you somebody that looks at you like that, you know? We met in church. She's given me an amazing life, a gorgeous, healthy daughter. She chews so loudly that sometimes I put in my earbuds to drown it out, but that's love. She helps me with everything. In return, periodically, I open a jar of pickles. Fair. Fair. That's the trade. Her heart is pure and it belongs to me, my greatest treasure, right next to my King Griffey Jr. upper deck rookie card. Fair. (laughs) Which, if you know, you know is saying a lot. It's her birthday in about six weeks, so if I don't get her anything, I'll tell her to look back on this post. Love you, honey. Okay. I mean, he's professing his love for his wife, I'm assuming. Probably a wife. Um, he made a small joke about greatest treasure and an upper deck rookie card, chewing loudly. Make a joke about earbuds. I don't, I don't see what's so controversial about that, but of course, I'm sure someone found something. Let's see. Really, Chris? And this this person this is now a Twitter post. Let's see. Chris Pratt cast as the voice of all shucks toxic masculinity. Ugh. Someone, somewhere, is always going to be able to interject that kind of crap. I mean, honestly, I'm reading that, and it, lo- it sounds perfectly innocent. Guy's even able to crack a couple of jokes. Just sounds like he's professing his love or something. What's the next one? I remember when I thought I liked Chris Pratt, but it turned out I really just liked Andy from Parks and Rec. Okay. Like the character Don't like the actor Whatever Ted Cruz should play Chris Pratt in a movie And here comes the politics Ugh Hate looking at politics The real political divide In America can be summed up By whether you think This post from Chris Pratt Comes off as A Sweet Send uh, It's and And normal Or B Cringe and insane So apparently now liking a post or hating the post is now a political thing. Again, honestly, it just sound like a freaking love letter to his current wife, fiance, whatever it is. He's religious, I'm gonna assume wife. But political, that's not political. He didn't say anything political in his comment. Why the hell do you people have to make everything political? It's fucking insane. May we all be like Anna Ferris. So beloved that the entirety of the internet drags our ex for us. Okay. Well, I know Anna Ferris is his ex. I think he had a kid with Anna Ferris, which was cool. So, again, I'm not I'm not getting what the negative thing in this is. Let's see. What's this? Healthy daughter, when the son he had with Anna Ferris was a preemie and has serious health problems, makes me want to fight. Oh, look at that. Super clever. Crisp rat, even more. Ooh, yay. You actually hear better insults at an elementary school bus stop. I know. I've waited for my kids before. But healthy daughter comment. Okay. So, had a kid with Anna Ferris. Was a preemie and had serious health problems. This person is picking out the gorgeous, healthy daughter part out of the entire post and slamming him for it. Am I going to assume to know what's going through Chris Pratt's mind whenever he wrote that? Or at the gorgeous, healthy daughter thing? No. Am I going to assume the worst? Because he put gorgeous, healthy daughter in there? No. No. Why should I? Serious health problems makes you want to fight Chris Pratt even more. Well, I mean, unless you attest to know Chris Pratt's mindset when he wrote that, I'm going to assume that you just found the one thing out of what should have been a loving post about his wife and blow it up to astronomical proportions. You people need a damn life. I mean, seriously, this is, this is stupid. I mean, unless you know for an absolute fact, you're able to see inside his head, be able to watch him through his eyes as he's typing it, and read his thoughts, and know his intention when he wrote Gorgeous Healthy Daughter. <sighs> Just cut it out. You're finding things to be upset about at this point. Could it have been a stab? Yes, it could have been a stab. But honestly, from someone on the outside who knows nothing about this, just reading the post, it's just an, an homage. A perfectly healthy homage to his girl. I don't see anything wrong with that. But I mean, if you wake up in the morning and just go, well, let's see, how can I be pissed off today? And the... The best thing you got is three words and a random actor's post. And apparently the entire internet gets in an uproar about that. All of y'all can go to hell. You can all go to hell and die. I said it. I don't care. Take it or leave it. That last one, there is a real knee to the old groin. Considering his son with Anna Ferris was born two months premature and suffered a cerebral hemorrhage during delivery, he's a complete donkey's ass to make a statement like that. There's that. Just in case you picked that up, my wife decided to chime in. His super homophobic Hillsong church god is hiding his face in shame over this display of new levels of being a crappy person and a bad parent. Jesus. No, the kid's still alive. 106? Yes, with does that? You pick three words out of his damn post, and the entire internet is up in arms over those three words. This is as bad as the damn Dave Chappelle shit. Again, were you in his head when he typed that? Were you in his head when he wrote that? Do you know that's honestly what his intent was? The correct answer is no, you don't. If you have a constant pissed off mindset and you already don't like somebody, sure, you can very easily see that. And I forget what the terminology for that is. You go looking for something, you're going to find it. In this case, look for reasons to hate the guy. Obviously, you found one. And up until this point, you have found several in the past. You really don't like him. So you will take anything he says or reads and... Of course, find something wrong with it. That's exactly, and I mean ex- exactly what is wrong with today's society. Every single one of you getting pissed off over the tiniest thing. I'm going to say it, I'm looking at you right now. And just like Corey Taylor said one of his Slipknot songs. No, not Slipknot, not Slipknot. It was the other one. And of course, when I want to remember it, it completely gets escapes, escapes me mind. If I offended you. You needed it. Which means if I'm saying something negative and you're personally offended by what I say, chances are you needed to hear it and you are what's wrong with the world. But this, getting upset, gorgeous, healthy daughter. If you're an asshole, sure, you can see something wrong with that. If you pop your head off the fucking bed first thing in the morning and you just hate somebody, so you're going to find a better reason... Or another reason to hate them. Sure. But other than that, that was a perfectly innocent post to me. And no, it shouldn't be freaking political. He posted something that was supposed to be a nice, pleasant comment about his wife. And you guys had to turn it into something about his kid because of three words. Or his other kid. You people are fucking insane. A whole lot of you. In any case, I'm going to wrap this stuff up. If any of y'all have managed to make it this far into watching this I greatly or listening to this, I greatly appreciate it. So if you are still here, then this is going to be the Q&A session, section of the podcast slash video. I want you to go down in the comments section, give me your opinions on anything I discussed, anything at all. Doesn't matter, good, bad. You know what they say in Hollywood. Any publicity is good publicity. And it's also going to be a chance to open up the Q&A and ask me anything you want to know about me. My life's practically an open book. I would say out of everything in my life, there's probably a handful of things that I will tell you all to just fuck off. There's no reason for you to know that. But ask me anything else. I look forward to getting to know all of y'all, and I hope you all get forward to look... (laughs) I'm screwing it all up, aren't I? I look forward to getting to know all of y'all, and I hope all of y'all will get you, look forward to getting to know me. I almost managed to screw it up again. (laughs) In any case, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next one, folks. Take care.